0: You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Art of Floating podcast where flow centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of running a float center. We give tips on running, starting, and refining our float centers. And, of course, we give updates from around the world on what's going on in in float news. You can find us on Facebook at The Art of Floating. On Twitter, we are at Artful Floating, and you can join the conversation on the show by leaving a speakpipe, which is a voicemail, on your computer at theartoffloating.com. You can also check out show notes on theartoffloating.com, check out any pictures that we talk about. Uh, perhaps most importantly, we've got Lance in a new sweater tonight, so of course we'll be <laughs> posting that on the show. Um Today's topics, we want to talk about finding and using your demographics. I mean, if there's anything that we've learned so far in the show is that Portland is very different than Nashville and Nashville is very different than Red Deer. So we're going to talk a little bit about demographics and how to use those demos. Um, and we also want to talk about um, massage and floats and, and combining those two. It's going to be a little open form for that topic, and, uh, but, but we'll get everybody's ideas between the three of us on that. Uh, But uh, before we get to that and before I introduce our other hosts here, I uh, just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Float Away. As you know, the simple act of floating in warm, salty water is the most relaxing experience on Earth. This has been FloatAway's byline for more than 15 years. It's true for each of the eight different models and in all the 40 or so countries where happy customers float in floatAway float tanks. FloatAway is proud of the specially equipped round pools in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where research is really putting floating on the mainstream map. You can check them out at www.floataway.com and find out how the company has pioneered new techniques, new shapes, and new ideas in floating. The founders, Colin and Jenny Stanwell-Smith, are world experts on every aspect of flotation technology. Floataway is a family business within the floating family. Again, you can find them at floataway.com, and I'm a fan of them personally, so I just have to put that out there. We're so happy to have them as sponsors. So I want to say hello to Lancey Boy up in Red Deer, Canada. How are you doing, man?
2: I am doing good. Are you Real feeling good?
1: You feeling recharged after your vacation? <coughs>
2: vacation it wasn't oh. much of a vacation staycation. it was like yeah it was um not working sure we can call this staycation yeah not just getting a, paid to work worked on my house and didn't look at my emails so sorry to if nice. you sent me an email <laughs> still working on getting back to those <laughs> Totally.
1: <laughs> amy nashville float how are you doing
0: Hey, y'all. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Actually coming to y'all from uh, Pennsylvania tonight, visiting nice. the family, so cool. uh, getting a taste of winter. <laughs> Thanks I, and for I, I unfortunately forgot uh, my cool sweaters, so...
1: We're just going to have yeah, to rely, rely on, on Lance, Lance tonight. That. Yeah. Okay. I Judging by the <laughs> look of his sweater, I think we're going to make it. Um, yeah. Nice. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll need a new supply here in the next few weeks. I, I think Lance might be running out, so... Hopefully, he can can regroup and get some new sweaters. Um, (laughs) Let's see here. Lance, you have some updates on, well, why don't you just just carry it away? We talked about it before the
2: show. Uh, Yeah, well, I have a few updates. Um, One is on behalf of the CFC, which is the Canadian Float Collective. Um, We've been working since about October to put together somewhat of a manual that we can hand in um, for insurance approval and uh excuse me uh we managed to get all that done um the history what is floating benefits science research all of that and i want to give a big shout out to matthew smith of modern gravity um, he's one of the board members actually vp of um, canadian Float collective where's, and he worked he really located? hard uh in edmonton alberta so, okay cool um he's worked really hard at taking all of our documents that we've worked on and combining them into one document so everything flows together um, the document just looks absolutely beautiful, and I'm super stoked to have that. So, he worked very hard at that. We all worked very hard at this. So, I uh, just want to give him a shout out, give Trika a shout out. She worked very hard on this as well. And hopefully, we will hear back from the National Health Practitioners of Canada in the coming weeks or months and see if there's any chance of getting this approved through insurance. Nice. Um, I think. Man. God,
1: it's that's right incredible. On.
2: Yeah, it's sort of If Canada got
1: that, (laughs) that'd be pretty impressive. And actually, you know, if it does happen, that'll be a nice kind of insight to what might happen in the U.S. of just to see how does it actually affect float tanks, uh, float centers. Um, Because I I see some negative repercussions to that as well, of like potentially decreasing the value, the paid value of, uh, of floats as well. So that'll be really interesting to find out. There could be tons of positive and also potential for negative as well. So... Uh, thanks for testing that out, but also just bravo on, on making that happen. That, I mean, that is a goal that we have in the U S and, uh, wow, you guys have put that together so quickly and I'm impressed.
0: Yeah. Good stuff, man. Congratulations.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That was sort of our number one goal behind starting the collective in the first place is we seen there, you know, was a new up and coming industry while the growth was new and, um, know we said if we're not going to do this who's going to do it so we got together and we all sort of lit the fire under each other and you know we show up at our meetings and we just do our work so um, it makes exciting for it to see see it all come together it's took lo- a lot longer than expected but um, <laughs> when you're working in a non or you know we're all running our own businesses and doing our yeah. own things so um, it's hard to stay on board with that but that's my update. It's very exciting to see that go man. through, and and I'll keep you updated with what goes on there. So. I
1: love it. I, I can't wait to find out more. And congrats, man. That that's such a huge that's such a huge thing. Um, that just the bureaucracy and everything to get access to that potential to be approved. I am just so impressed. And I, and I'm sure that your feet are mostly up on the table and you're relaxing during this. But again, Trika and Matt, congrats on putting all that work in. That's really impressive. Lance, I know you're probably coasting with them, but uh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Lance is the hardest working person I know. So Lance, prop, props to you too for working so hard on that.
2: Thank you, thank you. Yep. And um, I want to go back to last week's episode a little bit. Sure. Sort of our breakdown week where we just,
3: mm. you know,
2: we all sort of had a little bit of enough of everything. So um, I know <laughs> I sort of took three days off there and um, I was a bit overwhelmed. And I just want to give a huge, huge, huge thank you and shout out to my business partner, Matthew DeRouge, mm. Um, first thing he said when I told him I'm just getting overwhelmed and stressed and, you know, I'm getting some dirty thoughts. And I can just tell I wasn't mentally as, yeah. you know, positive and healthy as I could be. And he just yeah. said, you know, take as much time as you need. Do what you have to do. I'll take care of everything. it will wow. be here and get back. And that <laughs> was really respected from me. And I just want to say, like, that's, you know, I want to show it, it feels good when a partnership like that sort of... Uh, uh, comes through and supports the other person, and I do the exact same thing for him. But sure. it's just nice yep. to have that little break, just to catch up on all those things in life, all those loose little ends that need to be tied back up. So, thank you for that, and uh, everyone who has a business partner, you know, <laughs> give your give your business partner a hug and, and a high five, and, and just say thank nice. you for everything they've done. So,
3: that's
1: rad. Yeah, Amy, yeah, do you maybe. feel like Mark's as supportive? Agree.
0: Yeah, actually, um talking about shout- giving shout-outs to uh, business partners. So uh, <laughs> this week, I had to come back to Pennsylvania to be with my family to deal with some family issues. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, my, my husband was not able to come, and I had to make a very long. It's about an 11-hour drive.
3: Oh.
0: And uh, Mark— I didn't realize that. Mark stepped up. Yeah, it's a long—it's a, a two-day—you know, when you take it nice and slow. Hmm. It's a two-day drive. And Mark actually uh, made arrangements so that our hours were covered and he drove up with me and has been a great support Uh. and not only to myself, but helping out around the farm here and, and taking care of some things. So yeah, he, he, yeah, I I don't know how I would do this on my own. I don't know how people do it on their own. I have Mm -hmm. such a great support, not only my business partner, I have to, you know, my husband is awesome as well. Uh, and he's kind of works behind the scenes he doesn't quite get the glory that he should but yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah we couldn't do any of this without that support of having us uh, of having a partner
1: oh, that's awesome yeah. uh, not that i was asked to 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 add to this but uh mark is he's a he's a special guy even i will get so we we met you guys a few years ago at at the float conference and I'll just get random late night Facebook messages or texts from Mark. Just give me some insights on relationships or business or what have you. And just he puts me in the right place. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. He's a really sw- sweet man. And he does wear his, his heart on his sleeve too, which he, which is rare. It's a rare thing to, to make it through life with your heart on your sleeve. And he's he's managed it. So, mm. And, of course, I also have to give a shout stuff. out to my lovely lady. Um, yeah. Who... About uh,
0: good business partner yeah
1: right i i mean my goodness i mean you were talking about your 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 husband behind the scenes not getting enough uh, not necessarily enough credit but doesn't really doesn't get credit right it's behind the scenes right. but our but our partners definitely make a huge difference and just us jeez it uh, i don't know if it can be can be measured in any way but also having <laughs> her as my business partner my god can it can i just say like this business would not exist in any form without her. Like there was no chance that this would even have had a spark, let alone be where we are today. So, um, which reminds me, we have to, uh, let's put it out there do a couples episode coming up here. Uh, we got to uh, get our business partners on on uh, on this we got to figure out our mixing boards and everything that the technology aspect i think is holding us back but we'll get around that and we'll get our partners on and and share all the dirty <laughs> gritty <laughs> and positive aspects of our business partners
0: that um, would be too much fun
1: nice i think so yeah and I want to get to know Lance, your business partner, Matt. I, if anything, I hope to just see him more at the at the Float Conference this year. Um, I I feel like I miss out. Like I I want to know him more just based off of this podcast here. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. He sounds like a For cool sure. guy.
0: Yeah, agreed. I don't think I've ever met Matt. That will be a first this year. Yes.
2: yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's what the conference is good for. It's good for, you know, coming together and all these people that you talk to here and there, whether it be on Facebook or over yeah. the phone or whatever. It's it's cool just to get that personal interaction, that handshake, that smile so
1: You know, I was I was thinking actually earlier today, actually maybe it was earlier this week, but I was thinking about the float conference and I was like, If what if there was no float conference? It was just everybody show up at this this weekend. And I was like, Man, <laughs> I would totally I would pay to be there because it that's such <laughs> a huge component of it is seeing everyone and meeting all these new floatrepreneurs whatever you
2: whatever you want to call them that's it we're a- watching the the annual float festival <laughs> <laughs> nice
1: burning float yeah yeah burning float. <laughs> nice uh shoshada she'll be behind that one she's got a mobile yeah. float tank yeah that'll be awesome which you brought to Burning Man. I should should note that as well. Um, <laughs> she did. So, yeah, before we get to our, our main show topics... Um, oh, actually, you know, I want to mention one thing before, Amy, I, I um, ask about uh, float receipts and PIP reimbursement, but I just wanted to mention that I had this epiphany. I don't know if you want to call it epiphany. It wasn't that big of a big of a deal, but um, what is it? Float House. We had uh, Andy Zarumba on, probably like episode two or three, and mm. he... I find him, um, in, a, in a business sense, so on the ball. Him and his brother, I feel like, are just so active with social media and uh, marketing. I feel like we, or at least I, have a lot to learn from him and, and them. And uh, one thing that I've noticed is they have lots of sponsored uh, floaters. And um, of course, now that I'm on the show, I can't think of, of what they call them. They, they don't call them sponsors Ambassadors? Float ambassadors, exactly. Yes. Thank you. Um, and uh and they also have blog posts very frequently so i don't have an update on the float ambassador part because i i do like that and having people uh with a little bit of renown sharing their insights on floating but um i was like who who am i supposed to have right i i can't write a monthly email update for the float shop let alone also be sending out blog posts every month um even when i am inspired uh that that takes a lot and I just went, oh, wait a minute. Let's have our employees do this. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to raise their aware- awareness on floating. They're going to have to do teamwork while they share editing duties with each other. Um, everybody's going to learn more based off of this. And then we'll have content to put on the website for mm-hmm. the num- a number of months as we have employees. And then we just do it all again and, and keep keep up in yeah. the game. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah. I always love the Float House blog. Um, it's cool yeah. how they do have their employees doing it. They have their ambassadors doing blog posts for them. They also have guest bloggers. And uh, Mike right. and Andy do do blogs as well. But um, they've been on the ball with that for, for quite some time. And it's always right. um, really good posts. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize they had employees doing that. So that uh, I thought I had an epiphany. I guess I'm just completely ripping them off, uh, which is smart also. <laughs>
0: And it's interesting. This comes up now. I actually just spoke to Jessica, who is our our manager, mm-hmm. and uh, we have had some people come to us and ask if they could do a guest post. So really? we, uh, Jessica, yeah, 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 nice. which I love, especially some local folks. And I just spoke to Jessica. We're gonna set up some um, guidelines for for uh, r- guest writers and put them up there, and hope to attract some more um, some more writers. And this week Jessica surprised me with a with a blog post that she wrote and it was amazing. I'm like, girl, why huh. are you not writing more? It was <laughs> so well done. She actually nice. did two. Um so here I have this hidden gem that I didn't even know about. And uh yeah, don't definitely if you have the yes. opportunity to find out if you've got those hidden nice. gems, uh That's it's awesome. the perfect place to start.
1: Don't encourage them too much, Amy, or else they're gonna go on to bigger and better things. I don't don't, don't want to encourage them too much. Um, Which actually, gosh, I I know I'm I'm bouncing around a lot here. I I apologize. I I also, (laughs) (laughs) I I might be known for that a little bit. But uh, I I got to Skype with Emily today. Emily, um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, spoke at last year's float conference. She uh, was anorexic and had an eating disorder and is recovered and attributes a large majority of that through floating. Um, we'll put the, the link up to that YouTube video, of course. And she, oh, and I guess I should also mention that she became an employee of the Float Shop, went from uh, just basically not not really hireable to our star employee, freaking phenomenal. Uh, it made our volunteer program absolutely stand out um, and uh, has has actually, our latest two hires came out of that program as well. So um, that's all due to Emily. So anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, she's in San Francisco. She's working um, in a, um, gosh, I'm going to mess this up, but uh, eating disorder recovery center. And um, she's doing great the business uh, or her, her job is great. and she's also there by herself and she's a little bit lonely and um, you can email her if anybody wants to email her if anybody has been touched by her by the by the, her speech at the conference or has ever met her, or anything like that. Emily Kate uh, gmail.com is her email address. Uh, and if I mess that up and I'm also going to put that on the uh, on the show links as well. So um, I know that she could she could really do with a, a little a little, uh, an email, just a, a little positive feedback going her way because she's doing something great and she's in a new land, uh, with, with totally new, new experiences. So that'd be awesome if she, if she got any, any, any amount of love from that. Um, even a few emails would feel so good. I'm sure it was nice to talk with her today. I, I didn't even realize how much I missed her until I realized, she, uh, I saw her on Skype and how far away she is, how much I miss her.
3: <laughs>
1: <sighs> thanks for letting me digress guys. Um, yeah. Let's see here. So, um, Amy, I'm curious about this one. I want to hear about this. So, um, basically, uh, insurance doesn't cover floating, but it's Mm -hmm. possible to be reimbursed through... Please take it from here.
0: So, PIP is personal injury protection, I believe. And when I was a massage therapist, it... I actually uh, did this quite frequently. I would... Uh, write soap notes on the client each time they came in. I would Mm -hmm. check their before and after their pain levels. We would check their mobility to see if that was getting any better. And they would take the receipt along with the soap note, uh, which is just like I said, just my notes on their session, and take it to the insurance uh, company. Once their entire Treatment was completed, and not just my uh, treatment, but the treatment in general. Whatever their doctor said, whether it's chiropractic, massage, um, whether they need physical therapy, at the very end of all of that, they would submit it to the insurance company and then get reimbursed for all the therapy in order to get better.
1: Sure, we've Um, we've had that at the float shop. That sounds familiar. You have had that, okay?
0: Yeah. Well, you might. uh, Well, I'm hoping you have some some better insight than what I did. Uh, The reason I this, all, all of this came together uh, quite a bit over the last uh, few weeks for me. We actually currently have three clients who are floating for their injuries, hoping to get reimbursed uh, for them, uh, for their floating and that sort of thing. But uh, interestingly enough, it came up this last week on Float Tank Facilitators there on, fo- on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And at the same, during the same week, I did get an email from one of our clients who has been collecting his receipts. And let me just read a few excerpts from his email. This is the experience that we're having. Cool. Um, It says, hello, as you might remember, I had a traffic accident that left me with whiplash, and now I found out that I have a torn meniscus. I've told my uh, attorney about floating. She does not think it will fly in in court that I have done floating. I've also told my doctor that I'm seeing about my knee and my concussion about my floating experience, and he was open to it. Well, they both are. Uh, just if we go to court to get my bills paid from seeing the chiropractor uh, receiving massage and this, the attorney feels the jury would not buy into it. And it got me thinking. Uh, I think part of it probably has to do with the fact that it's a pretty new uh, 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 therapy. Yeah. But the other thing that occurred to me is... In massage, they have something to take that shows, uh, at least uh, I say definitively, but it shows in some way that massage is providing some sort of effect to them. And I'm wondering if with floating, because we don't have soap notes, uh, if it would be uh, worthwhile even in a very simple way, telling anyone who's coming into use floating for recovery to do a very simple zero to ten. This is where I was at mm. on a zero to ten scale: zero meaning I have no pain, to ten meaning mm-hmm. it's the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Here's where I'm at pre pre float. Here's where I'm at post float. Yeah. Something like that. Keeping that sort of journal may be beneficial yeah. to them in the future. And Dylan, you mentioned you had somebody in your in your yeah, float y- center. A few you people. Know what?
1: You know what, I think mm-hmm. I spoke too soon. I, You know what, I think I was thinking about, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's basically when they have a wellness slush fund from their insurance. Um, uh, that okay. they can basically spend on whatever they want. This is different than that. And so, you know what, I, I don't think I can speak for that. I, I apologize. Um, but uh, I, I like where you're at with the scale version. I think it's a little bit different than having a quote-unquote objective observer, you know, the LMT tracking mm-hmm. Um at the same time I honestly on just a personal level it really it pisses me off uh, that yeah, just really absolutely. frustrates me knowing the benefits but also just knowing that um, I mean so I will guess I'll so it's a it's a minor digression but it'll it'll get back to the point very quickly which is that if you're going through chemotherapy a doctor's going to recommend rest. I mean rest is one of the best things you can have for recovery. That's when you're I mean it's what rest is is parasympathetic state. It's when your body is in a recovery mode. It's a it's a true switch that your body has to recovery. As opposed to running from a grizzly bear, the fight or flight mode, you know, which we spend a lot of time in. And so anything that we can do to increase the amount of time we have in a rest state or a parasympathetic state is going to be beneficial. And so how do, how do we measure that? I think... Um, you know, there's not a lot of research on floating going on. Uh, excuse me, That just historically, there hasn't been a, a lot of research on floating. But we do know that cortisol is reduced. I think that's something that's fantastic uh, to bring to a, a court case to say, hey, look, my cortisol is reduced. That's going to improve my potential for recovery and my potential recovery time. So I, it, that just uh, it, uh, it frustrates me, and it wants me to find all the research possible that would help this gentleman in his mm. case, is that is that still possible to send research his way?
0: Yeah, actually I have sent him quite a bit oh, and okay, he looked cool. it over uh, and took some of it to his uh, attorney uh, but I think the sticking point is going to be they need to see that it's been beneficial he needs to prove it in some way <sighs> And that's where now one of the big things with massage is the pre- and post-pain measurement and is it getting better every time they come in. But, you know, even that is not so um, definitive because you don't have control over outside things. Uh,
3: You know, there's something
0: interesting, something interesting, though, to think about. We're talking a little bit about uh, tonight about massage and... Uh, f- and float centers. You know, as a massage therapist, at least in my state, and this does vary state to state, we are able to do uh, pre and post float uh, range of motion. So uh, that's something that if you had a massage therapist, uh, it might be interesting uh, to put in. Maybe you could get some different um, feedback and you have a third party involved that it, from a therapy that they do feel is legitimate. And I'm not saying that's the case, by the way. I don't know They're saying the jury wouldn't go for it, maybe because of ignorance or a lack of education. That could be the case. But, you know, I think there's some things that we could play with to make that PIP reimbursement a little bit more of a reality. Uh Uh, And I would love I would love to hear some feedback from the community on that.
1: Yes, I, I absolutely. Please, uh, if you're ever going to leave a speak pipe, you have any insight to this whatsoever, please go to theartoffloating.com and click on the gold bar on the left side of the screen. Let us know if you have any insights to this and, and getting reimbursements, both Canada and the U.S., anywhere. Honestly, I'd, I'd love to get insight from anywhere of, of where this has been, if there's been any uh, progress or positive results on this.
0: And I am going to, if you have some ideas, I am going to take a few of these to my other two clients who are now floating for hope, in hope of PIP reimbursement. Um, I would love to do some experiments with them. We're still early on, uh, especially in one of the cases, we're still early on in the uh, uh, therapy, so we might be able to, to see what we can do. That would be fun.
2: And that's some <clears throat> excuse me, that's something where like the, the CFC, which with what we're doing there is, you know, being that unified body that the whole industry can sort of stand behind and say, yeah. look, you know, here is the organized science articles, here's the organized benefits with references to um, you know, go to those. Like having everything organized and presented properly, um, will really help that move, you yeah. know, if it ever makes it to court, but anyone else, like you can bring it to a doctor and say, like you know, you may not know what flotation therapy is, but here's this wonderful, you know, document we've put together that states all the the research, all the documentation, you know, all the industry statistics, and you know that that will really help you know make these insurance coverages come easier. So, and that's something I think like um, I, I'm not sure, but I thought FTA um, that was sort of their vision as well. I think they have sort of a platform on their website that shows some of the benefits and. and and stuff like that. But just having a package that can be presented is, um, I think, would really help with any of that. Yeah.
0: And insurance oh. in general, medical insurance is a pretty big, uh, overwhelming uh, goal. Uh, but mm-hmm. PIP is a great place to start. And if we can start right. uh, getting some results with PIP, mm-hmm. um, it could move on to bigger and better things. So for yeah, those of you exactly. who are interested in that, uh, it's a good thing to work on.
1: And Lance, I think and, you're right. And we all of us yeah, have sir. access. Right, yeah, exactly, uh, Lance. Having it just in a a clear format for somebody to read and digest, we'd be able to present something clearly, as opposed to Amy in a one-off situation is going, ah, here's the information I have that I think will be useful, and me to a client going, oh, here's the research that that we found. Mm-hmm. But just the community coming together, or in your case, the CFC coming together, use with help from the community uh, to to present an article, that that sounds pretty fantastic. Um, and uh, you mentioned the FTA if that's a priority i haven't heard anything on that um i'd be curious i, I do want to get uh, glenn and lee perry or or one of them or e- and even shoshana um on the show and I'd, I'd love to find out more about that so um <laughs> if, if they're listening or if anybody's listening who who uh is, is friends with them or in their community please let them know we want them on the show and uh i am reaching out to them as well um but uh yes let's see here so um what frustrates me is that um, you an LMT could just note improvement. Like uh, the, it's not entirely objective, you know. Like they're making mm-hmm. money off of that that uh, transaction, and and they want to be reimbursed. Like it's it's a, a win win for for them. So uh, the fact that a float tank is completely just a tool, and it there is no I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to say here, but there's there's no influence from the float tank. You know, they're not trying to paint it a particular way. It's simply a tool that delivers a particular thing. Um, makes me kind of frustrated that it would actually be disallowed into that category of of um, you know helping recovery. Mm-hmm. Just, just irks okay. me. But I also know that we're just in the, on the vanguard and that that's completely going to change over the next few years. So I, I should accept that as well, rather than just getting super pissed off about it.
0: <laughs> and I, I will get some more information. Now that all this has been brought up, it, it does make me a lot more curious. Um, I would like to know exactly what, it, what the attorney thought. W- would they not accept it because they're not familiar with it? Right. Because it's Perceived a certain way, um, I'm going to have to ask our client about that, and I'll, I'll bring back some hopefully some more information in the next yeah. week
2: or two. Okay, well, cool. I'm, su- I'm sure some of those people run into some interesting cases of someone who wants their electro metaphysical necklace to be right, covered by right. insurance, ah. and you know, there's probably a lot of wacky stuff that comes through, and they have to filter that. And you know, floating is it's out there, but not everyone's fluent with with what it is. So. Yeah. It just breaks down to education, I think, as, you know, yes. Yes. in a whole.
1: You know, one of the things that I find that, that speaking of working me, <laughs> is that that happens is that um, a lot of local news programs will do something on floating within their, their city. A new float tank center opens. And so often they'll reach out to one doctor and they'll say, what do you think about this? And they'll be like, yeah, this seems like a lot of hoopla. I don't see it. Or maybe there's a benefit. Hey, if they think there's a benefit, fine. That happened here in Portland. And I, I just recently saw it in another city where the, basically the doctor was just like, didn't know anything about it, but kind of said semi to fully disparaging remarks about about the topic. And so it's interesting. Like, yeah, it totally makes sense to us. But even even the medical community community looking at a float tank doesn't necessarily see the benefits right off right off the bat. So there definitely is going to need to be some um, conveying of the information that we know so far. Further research, of course, is going to help. But really, <laughs> well, honestly, just jamming it down their throats basically <laughs> is, <laughs> is is our job, right? Is to really is just our job. effing get it out there. So That's in right, the friendliest education. way possible,
2: yeah and with the correct smile, information
1: <laughs> with smile. what was that last? and a good sweater
2: <laughs> yeah good sweater I said it has to be the correct information i um yeah you know, not pseudoscience claims yes. and you get one center that's going off on you know how it's cured them of this and that and you yes know, that that could be sort of detrimental when you get too many people that are they're doing that so that's absolutely good valid information with science and references
1: uh, you know, I, when I was down in Oklahoma uh, working with Liber, setting up their float tanks, um, Justin and I were having a conversation, and one of the things he was talking about was the fact that basically you can say so many positive things about float tanks that people will tune out, that there's a, there's a tune-out factor. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, you really want to know... the 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 truth basically you really want to find that nugget of truth that you can deliver to everybody and it's something to be really careful of when you're talking to people who are potential floaters even clients um it's a really interesting thing where even if it is good for so many things um you just have this potential for tune out from people or just 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 discarding it as as woo woo basically
2: yeah, it's sometimes when, you know, I'll get a phone call or something, people are like, well, what's this floating thing? What are the benefits of yeah, it? And I'm yeah. like, well, you know, this sounds like one of those as-seen-on-TV commercials. Oh, wait, <laughs> that's not all. For 1995, you get a free, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So there is a lot of benefits that come with floating, and that's, you know, trying to narrow it down and break it down to the simplest way to, you know, sort of explain that, I think. Because uh, I have seen people it even feels weird when you're like, "Oh, floating helps with this, helps yep. with recovery, yep. helps with blood pressure, helps with, you know, going off. It's it's So true. Yeah.
1: I uh, personally I think you should reduce offering the wow. I think that's a little bit odd Yeah. To, yeah, yeah with yeah, the float yeah, no, tank for sure. But, for sure. But I think you'll get a higher retention rate. Um, but no, to, I I completely agree with you and I do I have become really comfortable with just saying anecdotal. Anecdotally, we find that people sleep incredibly well. I mean like I I would guarantee it to you, but but uh I mean obviously there's 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 no research for it, but we just find so consistently people have a great night's sleep after floating or whatever mm. the thing is to to whatever confidence level you have about the anecdotal, throw the word anecdotal out. If if they are on board with you, they're going to hear you and and you don't have to you don't have to feel awkward about those things. Um, if you've seen it and you feel confident about it, I think you can talk about those things. And and that is something Sandra and I have been very insecure about since opening our business is what is, um, well, A, just what is truth, period, but what does uh, Western science research back up as truth and what can we confidently say is, is a reality? Um, is is something that we feel have felt a lot of insecurity about and have just by thrown throwing the words in my experience or anecdotally this is what we've seen so much more confidence comes out and we just we come across better to clients and potential clients have you guys found anything like that yourselves Uh, do do you dance that line or have you felt
0: the struggle is real (laughs) for sure uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you you do. You wonder how much you can say. Anecdotally is one of our favorite words, <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it, it been our experience that, uh, but uh, there are there are some uh, great things coming out, so we just look forward to that day, and and things do look very positive uh, for proving what we, I think we all know in our heart, or what we've seen over and over again mm-hmm. at our centers, so. But it's going to become more and more important, particularly if you if the industry really and truly wants float tanks to be covered by insurance, then we all have to talk like um, we have we have to use those medical terms. We have to talk in their language. We have to uh, be very careful what we say and how we say it. And this is what I see in the massage industry. Everybody says, oh, we want to be covered by insurance, but then they're going to go out and uh, do Reiki. Um, uh, I don't have any problems with Reiki. Right. Reiki's awesome. However, if you try to present that to a medical right. uh, board, it's going to be a little. It's going to be a tough sell. So right. we might have to to couch that a little differently.
1: Right. Right.
0: Or make some sacrifices.
1: That that reminds me. At the Float Conference, psychedelics were brought up a few times during uh, little get-togethers, little small small meetings, and QAs after after presentations and. And uh, psychedelics and float tanks are, are kind of married because of uh, float tank history um, and Dr. Lilly. And uh, I, on a personal level, I just feel like those have to be separated. We we just have to consciously separate those things for for getting this message out there of the, the benefits of floating without those things being part of it. Because I think it, it then becomes uh, woo-woo or whatever word you want to use for that. It mm-hmm. all of a sudden puts a question mark over the reality of the benefits of float tanks. Not to say that there aren't any benefits from psychedelics and float tanks. Right. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for things like getting insurance coverage or just you know um, notoriety throughout the, the U.S. and Canada, I, I think we have to separate those things. I know there are people who disagree with me, um and, and that's fine, but but that's what I believe. Yeah. Where do you guys stand on that?
0: There is some really exciting research happening. Uh huh. Um and I'm looking forward to psychedelics floating? With psychedelics. With or? psychedelics <laughs> oh with really? Psychedelics, <laughs> Wait, are uh, you psychedelics <laughs> in general? <laughs> um but um, first of all, I'm not very extre- I'm not extremely knowledgeable on them, so I don't I don't feel comfortable even talking too much, just because I don't know what I'm talking about. And there's people who are far 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 more um, well spoken than I am on that <laughs> topic. But yeah, if we're dealing with the medical community, no matter where you stand, things are going to have to be said a certain way. They're going to have to be couched a certain way. We're going to have to move with what is acceptable in the medical community. And if ins- getting insurance is important, yeah, there's there's going to have to be some changes. Uh, and I see it in massage. I see the struggle all the time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's a tough line. It's like, what do you really,
2: really want?
1: Interesting. Lance, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, well, I think a float tank is a tool for exploration of consciousness. And I think entheogens and psychedelics are a tool for exploration of consciousness. Mm-hmm. But I think um, right now in the industry, when you put psychedelics and float tanks together, it sort of gives it this immature, undeveloped sort of look. It reminds me of uh, a teenage kid walking around with a big pot leaf on his T-shirt. Like, it's sort of this stereotypical thing. I believe that float tanks, um, as psychedelic research um, moves forwards with um, associations such as MAPS, um, I think float tanks would be... a Powerful tool for psychedelic research, because you have a completely neutral environment to go off for your you know subconscious experiences or whatever you want to call them, um, but I think if we do want insurance approval and to be taken seriously, um, the word psychedelic has to be separated from flotation huh, right. um, i know I know a lot of huge advocates of floating like. Joe Rogan, Duncan Trussell, people like that, um, they push a lot of psychedelics and flotation, but, you know, it's it's really a tender thing, because a lot of people don't understand psychedelics and don't know what they are, and a lot of people don't understand flotation tanks. So when you take those two things and and put them together, it's just automatically, I think, a lot of times just shut down or turned down or just, you know, pushed aside. So... um,
1: yeah, you know it's almost like yeah, uh, I don't know like it's like two things that aren't taken fully seriously yet and if you're putting them together it almost weakens it as opposed to having synergy and strengthening the bridge it, it's mm-hmm. like psychedelics uh, mushroom well got, any, sorry any psychedelic like could potentially <laughs> I was gonna, uh, could have potential benefits uh, and and floating could have potential benefits but because we don't have a society that completely... Uh, is behind one of those things or both of those things when you combine them it doesn't strengthen your mm-hmm. argument It actually makes it sound even more like Swiss cheese Does that does that sound mm-hmm. right to you guys mm-hmm.
0: I makes sense and it makes me think is the right question? Uh, you know is the right question should we take away psychedelics from floating, or is the right question is maybe getting in, getting floating insured is not the right thing or you know, maybe that's the bigger issue. Well, I,
2: I don't uh. know if psychedelics really has to do anything with insurance because yeah. I can eat a bunch of mushrooms and go float or I can eat a bunch of mushrooms and go for a massage, like, yeah. <laughs> regardless. Right,
3: uh, right.
2: You know, it's but it's just, I think, the taboo of it being right. tied yeah. to the industry. It's like when people think of floating, they already have altered states. Right. They have John Lilly. <laughs> they have all these psychonauts and explorers and movies right. about psychedelics. And we're trying to say... Yeah, this is flotation therapy. This is not just a psychedelic playground sort of thing. Um, yeah.
0: But that's you know to a lot of people that is an important part of it. And if that's an if that to them is an important part of it, is that more important than getting insured? I don't know what the answer is.
1: I'd be hard pressed to say that that would be the case. But man, I'd be curious if that was the case. Then wow, that'd just be a different community than I than I anticipated. Like you know. Uh, It's like more people voting for Trump than I anticipated, you know, like, oh, wow. So this is the country that I live in. Like, it's just surprising to me that that there's that there's this demographic in the US. uh, Not not a comment on on politics or maybe on some level there is a comment on politics. Sorry. But anyway, uh, (laughs) but but I.
2: I was going to say, like, two years... Sorry, Dylan, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, no, like, please, two ladies. years ago in the industry... You're like, saving me, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even in marijuana and floating was a lot more taboo than it is now, because I know a lot of yes. places like Oregon and Washington, it's like, it, well, it's legal now, recreationally, so a lot of centers just sort of shut it down. It's just not mm-hmm. even a thing that needs to be talked about yet, but even those are two very different things that alter consciousness, and you put them sure. together, and they have sure. a very different reaction depends how comfortable you are with marijuana and how comfortable you are with floating and when you combine those two that's a very unique experience but that's something that's mm-hmm. i noticed there's a lot of talk about it and then just sort of died off and now it seems to be a lot more talk of psychedelics and less oh about interesting, marijuana.
1: Oh, interesting. Um, i you know what now that you bring it up i feel like that's true that's really interesting i hadn't thought about. i that don't know,
2: know if just that's now. just the aspect of oh something's illegal let's talk yeah. about it then it becomes yeah. legal it's like oh that's boring now <laughs> you know, well but, i will say like <laughs> uh, i
1: you can't drink alcohol and float in a float shop float tank, and you can't be... Uh, we, you sign a waiver that you're not inebriated via alcohol or marijuana um, and float in one of our float tanks. So, I mean, even what? though it's legal, doesn't mean that you can use one of our float tanks as a party bus, you know? So like it, what
2: about... So- um- prescription painkillers or anything like that. Like something where people are using opiates in a float tank. Like I think that's a lot, yeah. you
1: and, know. and that's a much bigger conversation than.
2: than <laughs> I didn't think we were getting onto this tonight. I know, so but I'm yeah. I mean, now we're talking about pharmaceuticals, the <laughs> their Florida. value, how much
1: they can affect somebody as much as alcohol or marijuana and potentially even worse, which if you were to make that argument, I would agree with you. Um, but but it's, it's just a crazy country that we live in and those are the, the we have to abide. <laughs> this dude abides. Um, so, do we want to go I down that road right now? I have some reading to do.
0: <laughs> oh wow, God, that? I've, got, I've got some catching up today. I got some reading to do. Some research. I'm about to be
2: schooled. AKA experiencing. No. Yeah, <laughs> <sorry>. actually.
3: <laughs> yeah. Which,
1: um, by the way, like after hours, you can pretty much kind of experiment with whatever you want to experiment i'm not saying that you can do anything illegal because if it's illegal it's illegal but after hours that you can experiment with different um like we uh we're thinking about acupuncture and floating or massage and floating those are things that you or uh, craniosacral um, those are things that you can experiment with um, after hours and so it just because your business doesn't mean that all the rules apply all the time. It's it, those rules apply during your business hours. And so it does leave you time to see, test modalities and, and just test things out. So I'll, I'll just put that out there. Um. <laughs> Great segue for I, a seat I, I liked how you ended that one. <laughs> just throw that out there. I'm just going to leave that here and walk away. Um. It's like me
2: saying, I used to have a float tank in my house I'll leave it at that. <laughs> right.
1: So at this point, I will say that Sandra's brother is a lawyer, and uh, he really does want us to make sure that we have a note at the top of the show that says we are only giving our points of view, and we are not uh, recommending anything. Or uh, you know, if you attempt something and basically get in trouble, that doesn't doesn't mean that we are the ones who are responsible.
2: Please so stack, that's check your local. Please check your lo- <laughs> local state and country laws before proceeding with any acupunctures or... <laughs> right, yeah, it's true.
1: Um, it's ap- absolutely true. All right, so uh, we had a speak pipe. Somebody left us a, a little little voicemail here, and um, I want to go ahead and play that.
3: Hey, guys, this is Jack from Dylan's Shoutout in the State of the Industry episode at the start of 2016. I recently had a conversation with a family member who's helping me get my business focused and financially planned out so that I can apply for financing sometime soon. He mentioned having point of sale items, and since I always plan to do this to help stimulate cash flow into my business, I thought it'd be an interesting topic for this week's podcast. I'd just like to hear what products you think would be best for new centers to focus on advertising to their clients, what products you have available for purchase today, and what products you all have tried, if any, that didn't end up working out at point of sale. I know I've told Dylan this, but I'd still be in the planning phases of my business if it wasn't for Dylan's wonderful feedback, the art of floating, and getting a chance to listen to the podcast. Dylan, I can't wait for the episode on your expansion to the fourth tank. Congratulations. Amy, I wish you and Mark the very best on your new location. And Lance, I hope you and Matt are doing well with your acquisition of the miracle tank you received. Lots of love to everyone in the float industry enjoying this wonderful podcast. Stay frosty, guys.
1: How sweet was that?
0: Uh, it was awesome. Thank he you so much.
1: Spreading the love. Oh, I love that.
0: I just felt a little flutter. <laughs> <laughs> that was lovely.
1: Yeah. That was lovely. Um, Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for your speak pipe, Jackson. For anybody who leaves a voicemail, you don't have to <laughs> lather us with compliments, but it's completely welcome. <laughs> and we, it? will, we will play <laughs> it on the show. <laughs> um, but to be, to be quite honest, man, just um, the feedback that we get, I know all of us get individual emails and Facebook messages and, and such, and obviously the speak pipe that uh, the fact that we're helping the industry in any way motivates us Completely. It, it absolutely puts a fire underneath us, and oh my god, it, it, it truly warms my heart. It feels so good to hear things like that, so ah, thank you. Um, but, uh, but to his uh, main question here, um, I know we've discussed it before, but does anybody want to... Um, Lance, maybe start with you on, on the products that you currently sell, and then we can talk about um, just selling product in general out of our business.
2: Yeah, okay. some of the retail some of the retail products we have right now um, we have. Um, well, I guess the one we've always had has been our it products. Um, we mm-hmm. carry right now currently just the Alpha Brain and uh, all the other Onnit products are sort of on back order right now in Canada, but they seem to be really good. Huh. We're seeing about 20 to 30, I forget the numbers, 20 to 30% of the people coming in are hearing of us through the Joe Rogan podcast, and every wow. single podcast he's talking about Alpha Brain. So if, if they're he- sure, hearing sure. us through Joe Rogan, they know what Alphabrain is. Right. Um, we have people coming in the door just to buy that stuff, so that's really cool to see. Um, we also have this uh, ancient minerals uh, magnesium oil. It's a topical oil that you can just rub on any sore muscle areas and that will be absorbed to the skin right to that area. So it sort of relaxes the muscles. Um, I know quite a bit of friends and family members that use it and uh, like it quite a bit. Um, it's like sort of a portable float tank for those that use it for uh, sore <laughs> muscles and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we just have some local handmade soaps, which um, we sell a bit of. And we also have uh, just a couple floating books, but we're not fully stocked up. We don't move a ton of retail.
1: Amy, uh, what products do you have at, at your center?
0: So currently, uh, we, do, we do stock up during the holiday season, which is now over. So we are pretty much trying to get rid of uh, as much as we can. Uh, so... We have, I think, we're we have a few color therapy glasses left. Uh, oh, we yeah. have a few bongers left over. that We're trying to clear out. A few what? But our bonger bongers, uh, a bong? massage tool, a self massage tool. Okay. Look them up. they Oh awesome. yeah, no, yes, love we them. own one. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. <laughs> and and also, what we sell the most of is <laughs> our uh, basically the shampoo, conditioner, and shower gel that we use in our float rooms, uh, done by Aromaland. and we do sell those in the twelve ounce bottles. So. Even though we do stock some products, uh, that's one thing that Mark and I have been talking about frequently as we start uh, planning for the second location is, are we going to offer any retail? Hmm. And as I look back over our books, first of all, let me say that if you are doing really, really good with retail, like say in a uh, spa or salon, uh, you're selling about 10 or 11%. Uh, of your total gross uh, you know that that percentage is gu- is uh, a good chunk of your wow. of your total gross. okay um, I will tell you that uh, this month we had a huge uh, response. We have sold more and no, I say this month I'm sorry in February. we sold more retail than we have in probably a year and a half and that means that we sold a whole, uh, one point, comes out to about 1.3% of our gross in no February. No way, no way. So 1.3%, no, and that's like a big month for huh. us. Wow, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so as we go, because I know, so this is kind of, un- unfortunately, this is our thing, and that's that goes for, by the way, that goes for our uh, December uh, sales as well. That's okay. about what we do, 1%. And 92%. December is when
1: product tends to move a lot more. Just people yeah, in the yeah. yeah. mood more. Mhm.
0: Right. Now wow. and true that our, our gross that month is is certainly higher with the oh, gift certificate sure, sales. Sure. But still overall it's mm-hmm. a very, very tiny percentage. So as we move into this new location and we have a very limited amount of capital that seems to get more limited every single day I talk to our architect or our general contractor. Um we have to decide what are we going to do with the capital that we have, the money that we have, and when you're looking at it in that respect, well, you know, is this this money is going to buy things? We have to hold, um, we have to uh, hold, you know, retail products um, and h- wait for them to be sold before we have our money again uh, to get that one percent return. Right, which, by right. the way, of that one percent, you're only, you know, you know, maybe fifty percent of that actually is profit, or thirty percent of that might be profit. For me, um, that doesn't seem to be the wisest thing to do at the beginning. Now, we will do that eventually, but with the capital that we have, we're going to make sure that we have some money freed up to put into retail, that we're okay with it just sitting on a shelf for a little bit before we um, before we invest in that. That said, um, we, we don't sell on it, but I freaking love Alpha Marine, and I really would love to...
1: Awesome. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to interrupt the conversation just to talk about AlphaBrain and see what you guys <laughs> thought about it. It's been something I've been, I've been talking to a lot of people in the float industry about. And so far, I've heard really good things, uh, particularly like when you just want to be able to focus and get work done. It, I've heard really good things. It, Lance, would you agree?
2: Mm -hmm. No, I I hear quite a bit of good things about it, but I also hear a lot of neutral feedback too. Okay. So I believe it's something, it's it's how you use it. So if somebody takes their alpha brain in the morning and they don't really do anything that sort of stimulates the mind or creativity Ah. or, or anything like that, they'll often say, oh, it doesn't do much for me or no, I didn't feel nothing. But if someone's going to take their alpha brain and work on their essay, or do a lot of reading, or public speaking, um, for me personally, it helps words just sort of flow out of my mouth without having to sort of comprehend them first. Um, reading, it's sort of like the words stick in my head a little more, but it is very different for everyone, but I think it is, it, it goes hand in hand with, um, you know, it, it's cognitive and pro, pro, cognitive performance. I think it, it really straps on to floating, for okay. sure. Um, Amy, yeah, when do you some, use it? Or uh, you obviously, find the I need to start
0: taking some before the podcast. Um, but <laughs> as someone who has really, really, really bad ADHD, I <laughs> but
3: please, please, I have
0: super, super bad ADHD. Huh, okay, um, but I don't like the you know the medication can be pretty rough. Yeah, um, and it really helps in those days when I really need to focus. It's something. It's a tool that I found. And by the way, I do not take a lot of uh, supplements. I don't even sure. like a lot of them. I'm I'm pretty skeptical. So I was really, really shocked um at how much it helped me focus and how much uh it helped me just function day to day. And I don't use it as often, but I do like the new mood as well. But it seems to get back ordered a lot and I can't use it consistently wow. but, mm-hmm. so I but
3: guess the they're alpha they're brain has well.
0: really made an improvement in my life. Wow. Um, and that's just a personal that's just a mm-hmm. a personal uh Thing and it might, who knows, it might depend on how we use it, like Lance said, or um, how much issue you have to begin with. But for me, it changed a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely changed my life as well. I should also mention, we're brought to you by On It today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I've never tried it, and no, we're not sponsored by On It. But, um, so do you, um, Onnit is expensive and I, part of that I yes. believe is because it's the brand. D- do you guys know if off brand, if there's another good off brand uh, or is it, it should you just stick with On it because you know it's quality?
2: Well, basically Alpha Brain is just a <clears throat> combination of different supplements or nootropics. Um right. it's just the their own combination of these nootropics put together to have the added effect it is, and they have done double-blind placebo studies on it, mm-hmm. so they do have a bit of information to fall back on. But if you really wanted to, just start taking nootropics. You can play around with whatever, but it is nice having something that's already made, mixed, and measured. That's been tried and tested. It goes back to: Do you want to build your own float tank, or do you want to buy right. a manufacturer's float right. tank? So, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, you our- can definitely you can.
1: Uh, show engineer Brian, whatever we want to call him, he—he, he, I know he's experimented with nootropics, and I, I remember one time talking to him Well, he had taken one, and basically I think it had a ton of caffeine in it, or it had something where basically his heart was just pounding, and he didn't like it because because of the effects of, of that. So, um, yeah, like you said, like they got a product, you know what you're going to get. It's going to deliver you a particular thing. You don't have to do the research. You don't have to build your own float tank. Yeah, that, that's an interesting insight to that.
2: Um, and um, yeah. there are other products that we usually sell, but they're currently being rebranded and relabeled in the Canadian market here, huh. it, but are the New Mood and the Shroom Tech. The Shroom Tech is amazing for working out cordyceps mushrooms. It allows your body to absorb more oxygen, but I love that ah. stuff for, for throwing kettlebells. And the nice. New Mood sort of just helps you... Um, it gives your body the building blocks or ingredients you need to naturally produce serotonin. So if you're sort of... Hmm down the dumps or not having the best of days you can take some before bed and you I used to wake up in the morning like playing the drums and just feeling like super pumped in the morning but it has been a while since I have had it,
1: you know, God, it we're not sponsored backward, by them but. now we will be next week uh, I like It. Yeah. Yeah, no, before perfect.
2: um before I even heard of floating I was in on it so Is that right? it just sort of yeah. you know it's sort of buckled up you two, I, why do I keep saying buckle up tonight? It's, it sort of <laughs> pairs good with floating, and it's it's cool that we get <laughs> to uh, I get to sell something that I was a fan of before, you know, even okay. taking on this journey. So
1: buckle up, listeners. Buckle You're in buckle, for up. <laughs> buckle, up.
0: <laughs> buckle up, buckle down. And I will so uh, tell Jackson uh, if you are considering products, do sell products that you believe in. I yeah, sell bongers because as a massage therapist, that's the best. To me, that's one of the best self massage tools out there. Everything we sell, we sell because we love it, or we love the company, and Truly. that's really important. If you have to sell something, sell something you love. That's why sell Lance something just you sells can be moms. Passionate about.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir.
1: <laughs> but that's out of his house. That's a different business.
0: That's um, totally different business.
2: <laughs> that's that is why. So I forgot to mention this. We have these luxurious <laughs> sleep masks. <laughs> oh, really? They, cool. they they block out 100 percent of all light and they nice. sort of stick out about an inch from your eyes so your eyelashes don't rub on it. Oh, nice. I love those awesome. things. That's why we sell I it.
0: I actually <laughs> bought some just to see if I lo- And I am in love with them. We haven't <laughs> bought any for, for retail yet. But they are freaking awesome, and it's, yeah, it's the best thing ever. Does, I'm Alex with you, Lance. Gray, do you
1: guys know who Alex Gray is, the artist? Yeah. Does Disney he happen artist? to sell those as well? Because uh, I remember him selling a... No. A, a bl- no? Okay. Never I mind. Never mind. I think so. Um, but back to the speak pipe. <laughs> uh, products and everything, just just to cover what we saw, We sell a few posters, uh, float shop posters. We sell uh, earrings, a little bit of jewelry from um, people who are basically part of the float shop community. They're floaters or people who volunteer with us. Um, let's see. We definitely sell literature. We sell uh, books regarding floating. Um, we've, uh, definitely the, the John C. Lilly books. Uh, people tend to find... Very interesting. Although I would say mostly, uh, people already know him are interested in buying the books. Uh, um, um, what is the Hutchinson book called? Um, book of Floating.
2: The book yeah, of Floating. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, I think that's an
1: absolute must and a fundamental one. I think Shane Stott's book is a good fundamental book as well. The Float Tank Cure. Um, Amy, uh, excuse me. Amy Emily has a great book, book on her recovery from uh, anorexia through floating. Uh, which going back, by the way, to the whole anecdotal thing and everything, that's one thing where I don't say, hey, it cures anorexia because we don't have enough, That there's not a large enough group on that. So I've, I've never said anything like that. But um, the book itself is just very moving and it's incredibly inspirational for, uh, for our, our uh, visitors who are actually basically able to read it within like a few visits, which is really cool too um, because it's a relatively quick read. And so a lot of uh, them end up taking it home or or really cool taking it home to share with uh, um, family members or people who are suffering from anorexia. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, um, gosh, there's a Lance. We brought this up one time ago. Shoot. I I should have done better prep on this. But there's another book um, that has. Gosh, darn it. I, I can't think of it at the moment. Our customers just absolutely love it. I know you knew what this book was. but Oh, um,
2: um, Ram Dass be here now.
1: Thank you. Mm, Yeah. Gotta love Jeez. Ram Dass. You Gotta love it. <laughs> gotta
2: be here now. It's very important.
1: Um, I, I, listened to an interview with him on Duncan Trussell. That was, that thank was you. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. That was really good stuff. That was a recommendation of Lance's
2: shout out to Duncan Trussell. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you made a fan out of me, Lance. Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I never told you about that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of any other product, but but honestly, yeah, I agree with what Amy said. Believe in your product. And the other thing is, it's a tiny drop in the bucket. Um, when I look at our percentages of float tanks versus other modalities, I think it'd be a relatively uh, somewhat soft argument to say you shouldn't have other modalities in your business because float tanks are a huge percentage of, of the revenue now i would make the argument that our other modalities are bringing people in for the floats and it helps the business overall also uh, helps with a sense of community and i think there are a bunch of things that it, that it does that are less tangible but when it comes to retail it is a tiny percentage and um what something that we learned from uh, our yoga studio that we eventually basically had a, another business take over our yoga studio was that bang for the buck is really important. And like when we are renting out our rooms, those people required the most attention from us and they paid the smallest amount of money. They were the the smallest amount of revenue towards our business. And so if you're thinking about product, just know that this, while it could create an ambiance for your center or create a feel for your center, it's not about making money. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, And maybe it is a tiny percentage, but remember the bang for your buck and there has to be a better expression than bang for your buck but but basically the amount of attention and time that you're putting into that could be put towards something that could bring in more revenue for your business and so that's that's just something that i i think about a lot these days is and i know we brought this up last episode is just what is my time worth and and what's it worth for the business to to increase increase revenue for the business when i'm when i'm on the clock basically
2: I think that fancy word you're looking for is called return on investment. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Thank you, businessman. Yes.
0: I
2: I also think um, a good thing, um, this is something we sort of learned through coaching, um, but if your floats, say your floats come to $62 after tax. um, Someone's paying in cash, they give you $70, they have $8 left over. If you have something by your till that is worth around that amount, um, whether it be lip chap or soap or you know some something they can take with them, they're uh-huh. they're pretty likely to take that eight dollars and buy something they can take with them. So, sure. having cheaply, I think you might even brought that up, Amy. I think we might have talked about this in our holiday episode. But just having those small ticket items that you know you're not making money off them, but they are nice to move stuff make a bit of change and someone's taking a part of your center home with them, which is super cool. You know, they're putting the float shop in their pocket for however long.
0: (laughs) Nice. It's a good memory.
2: Right.
1: Um, Well, guys, we did announce a few topics for our show today. I feel like we should get to those. (laughs) Um, So I'm, I'm actually really excited about The demographics one, because to be quite honest, I I feel like I'm a complete novice on this and I really want to know what you guys have to say about this. And Lance, you have used two vocabulary words over uh, the course of recording these podcasts. One of them I believe I know, and the other I have no idea what it is, and I've never asked you what the other one means Um, (laughs) demographics, and I believe the other is psychographics. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh yes. can, you, for, can so, you first can you tell me what a demographic is?
2: A demographic. Well, I'm not even 100% sure on this. I'm I know, I feel like sure, everybody just kind
1: of knows what a demographic is. Um,
2: yeah, just yeah. A demographic is someone say a female from the age of 25 to 32. Right. A, a type that's of a potential client. Uh, sort of. Yeah, like that's I don't know, that's your demographic. Mm-hmm. A psychographic is how someone um, can think or process things or their values or opinions or interests or attitudes. So it's um, demographic is to strictly say who they are, but a psychographic is how do those, those people think um, like our business coach said, you have two people that make $60,000 a year. One drives a Hummer, one drives a Prius. Um, who do you want to be your client out of those? That's, that's psychograph. Like what's their way of thinking? How do they process life? What's, uh, what's their activities like? I see. Um, and I, I I may be wrong there. That may not be hundred percent. But that's how I understand okay. the difference between demograph and psychograph.
1: Fascinating. So, yeah. It, so like the mental emotional breakdown of your demographics. Would that be accurate?
2: Yeah. Like um, your demographics say. Yeah, I want. Um, we get a lot of women between the age of twenty four and thirty two, <laughs> but the psychographic of those women are they. Um, they do yoga. They do healthy eating. They, um, you know, they're young mothers, or you know, got it. That's sort of how we separate. Uh, you know, the, it gets thrown around a lot. I guess I sort of mix it up sometimes too. But that's how sure. that is how I understand it. I'm sure I'll get feedback from my business coach <laughs> come Friday, and I'll be a little more tuned up on psychographic. Tune in and next week for the exact definition. <laughs> yeah,
1: but cool. Like, whether vocabulary aside, those are the insights we're looking for. Is uh, the kind of generally how we see demographic and then that's interesting. Psychographic, it, it kind of breaks it down a little bit further, basically. Imagine mm-hmm. their their psychology, basically, of, of that demographic. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I feel like this is something very important is knowing your demographic. But I'll be damned if floating ain't great for everybody, right? Like that's that's almost the problem that we have. Is it's so damn good for so many damn people, and so we want to cover all the bases. We want people in chemotherapy. We want we want mothers and daughters coming in for a spa day. We want the whole spectrum of of medical benefits and just kind of the fun benefits, the the psychonauts. Uh, we want we want it all, so. Um, and, and I believe you guys are going to be better at this than I am, which is breaking down who do you actually want to target, finding your who your demographics are, and then reaching out to them. Um, I would say that we've just been pretty darn lucky in Portland. And maybe I'm under undervaluing the work that we've done. I, I, all of a sudden, I just pictured Sandra listening to this and going, wait a minute. We, <laughs> we put a lot of energy into this. But, but uh, so, something tells me I'm going to learn a lot from what you guys have to say. So... Um, Amy, I'll, I'll hand it over to yeah. you.
0: So, this can be a little bit tricky, particularly if you're going into an area where no one else has uh, had a float center like we did. Mm-hmm. No one knows what it is. I learned what I could. I had a massage business for six and a half, almost seven years before we started the float tank center. And I took a stab in the dark. 't oh, know it wasn't a stab in the dark. I took my massage clients, I started introducing the idea of a float tank, kind of got some feedback. We developed a uh, two different target markets in the beginning and started working on on developing social media uh, directed towards them and kind of saw what stuck. Mm. Um, we, f- we find as we go on, uh, we're getting better at refining, who is coming to us. And it does change over time. So you've got to always be paying attention, always taking in information, asking questions. Yeah. So um, how, do
1: you, how do you get the demographic yeah. in the first place? How do you find out who's coming so, in?
0: Uh, that's a tough one. It really is, especially if you have nothing else to work on, off of. Uh, I think a good place to start is uh, alternative therapy uh, community. Uh, What's uh, your alternative therapy community like, your massage, your yoga, what people are Mm. doing that, what magazines do they read, where are they Mm. hanging out, Um, what are they doing. There's a great website. I believe it's called citydata.com, and I could be very wrong on that. I'm going to get that uh, information to you, Dylan, to put in the show notes. Um, But the great thing about that is it shows you, if you can look up a city on it, it shows you how much – actually, it shows a map, and it shows the income – for each area of your city, what type of income there is, um, what the local n- the strong radio stations are, w- uh, do people walk to work? Do people drive to work? Um, what kind of jobs are people doing? What's the age range? What's the income range? Um, there's a lot of really great information. Uh, I know that we've taken our information from our database that we've collected and kind of compared and contrasted it against some of this information to see who we're attracting. What do you mean your database? Uh, our database that we've collected uh, from information from people who come in and fill out our intake forms. So on okay. our intake forms, we do collect, we do collect addresses mm-hmm. um, with zip codes, and we also collect uh, birth dates. So we have a good, sh- good, pretty good idea of where people are coming from, okay. What part of the city, um, what part of the state, that sort of thing. So we're able to kind of compare that way. Another thing uh, that I think is underutilized is Twitter and Facebook also give some really rich demographics these days. You can see the split. Now that said, what we found on Facebook, who who our Facebook audience is, varies a little bit from who actually comes in but that's a good thing to know to be able to compare and contrast Um, you can get those same demographics from twitter and um, i'm sure the way instagram is going we'll be able to learn a little bit more from instagram in the future as well can i Uh,
1: can i mm -hmm? voice some old man calm here which is that i i feel like social media as important as it is is a particular demographic in itself it's people who are online Mm -hmm. Facebook is remarkably popular. I don't feel like Twitter is as popular at all. Even Instagram is uh, a younger generation that's using it. And man, I'll, I'll be, if, if I didn't think that the float shop would be very successful without social media altogether. Not to say that it's not important, but I'm just really curious, like what kind of insight does it actually bring to who comes in and how how much do you actually reach them with, with your your media a- and particularly in regards to people actually showing up or you know generating revenue uh
0: well that's uh, that's the good thing i understand what you're saying and i i agree uh, to uh, to a degree um it helps things i think move faster helps information move faster okay. uh, and that's what we utilize it for it's not necessarily um that those people are coming in which is like i said the there is a difference between who is coming in and And who is our majority, uh, the the majority of people who are, oddly enough, contributing to Facebook, commenting, liking posts, that Uh, sort of uh, thing, um... So you do have to be careful of that. Don't assume that they're the same thing. Okay. Um, but it does give you a lot. It does give you insight. It's information that you can compare and contrast. You can actually say, hey, uh, these people are talking on here. And by the way, they are spreading information like crazy. They're doing you service. They're still part of your community. But maybe they're not the people spending money. So how you treat those those two demographics might be very different but there's still so much information to to learn from social media, whether or not you how you utilize it. Um, there's still a lot of information to learn from there. Teaches nice. you a lot.
1: Good insight. Cool.
2: And uh, Google Analytics. Um, if you're running a website, you can definitely hook that up, and that will tell you what device oh, right. they're looking at your website on, their age, what their interests are, all that too. So. Combined with Facebook and analytics and Twitter like that, like you said, you are getting a certain demographic of people that are using the internet. But there still is some valuable information there.
1: Good point. Yeah, Google Analytics is money. I love that. I love Google Analytics. And (laughs) always
0: refine and pay attention.
1: I I was just going to say, I was surprised with the Art of Floating back when I was just blogging, how long people would spend online reading the blog. Uh, or sorry, first I was surprised by how many people were on their, on an iPhone or a, a mobile device. And then how long they were <laughs> reading on their mobile <laughs> device. It was like, well, that's how long I would spend on a computer. But there, I was like, well, you know, I, that makes sense. Like in the line at a grocery store or something, checking out a blog post for a few minutes, but then how much time I was like, wow. Okay. People consume media very differently than, I mean, it's just evolving so quickly. More old man calm. Uh, insight here but (laughs) but it's amazing how much much it's changing google analytics incredibly valuable and if you hook it up through google chrome by the way if you there's an extension you can use if you go to your website it'll actually visualize for you what links people are clicking on Um, so this is just one of the benefits of google analytics but you can actually go to your home page and go to different pages and see what people are actually clicking on percentage wise um, and kind of see that tree where in google Analytics, you can see a tree of of where people go throughout your website this way you can actually kind of visually see it which is easier to consume and it's nice
2: mm-hmm. it's just showing you that every single click you do on your computer is being traced so yeah, but you could look at that data and use it towards your business and marketing, so it is good. We fear the man.
1: Now we completely <laughs> embrace it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, so, uh, and remember, can
0: I add something else to this real quick? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to get too caught up in social media. Don't forget to do things off uh, computer as well. Uh interesting mm. thing is we have three target markets, and uh, recently, out of curiosity, I started putting a small survey at the bottom of the intake form, asking them why they were here, ah. and the main reason why I thought people were there is actually the, um, almost the third reason why people are there. So, of our top three yeah. markets that I felt were touching, I'm finding that people are, are saying something very different. So, always back it up with co- communication and conversation. What were they? So. So we uh, we work for three target markets uh, uh pain management I always felt was number 1 cuz that's why I started using tanks. so it's something I'm passionate mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. meditation and um and recovery type work uh, and stress stress rela- I I'm going to put re- uh pain management and recovery together um mm-hmm. t- uh stress and meditation uh stress is number 1 meditation number 2 Not and pain management number 3 okay. so far Interesting. and that's over the past month got it so uh interesting and, uh, and just uh, try to have lots of conversations
2: with your people as well you learn a lot yes yes and I I do recommend finding a target market because if you're just trying to market to everyone um, your marketing is not as effective as if you find those people that you know are more likely to be coming to your center and become regular floaters and and raving fans ultimately but narrow those down to one two three groups and market hard to those. That will be way more effective than just trying to hit every single person that could benefit from yeah, a flow That The person
1: who tries to be an expert in everything is the expert in nothing just because it, it completely… That's what we did for the right. first year. So, so good. So <laughs> then how? what have you changed to do differently <laughs> to specifically target uh, one of those one through three demographics? Any, any examples? Uh, awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the more information you collect, the better, like we've already spoke to. So we, we were able to collect, we see who's coming here most, male or female. Okay, um, what are the age ranges of these people coming here? And you break that down. Okay, what are these people like? What are they interested in? What do they spend their time doing? Why are they not floating regularly? Is it because of money? Is it because time? Is it because they need a babysitter? Why? And once you narrow these things down, you can figure out, you know, who's most likely to be coming... And who's most likely to be coming okay. regularly? Mm-hmm. Um, so, what we've changed, I guess, is just actually paying attention to our clients and sort of engaging with them more, and looking back on the information that we've collected, and being consistent with the collection of okay. information. So, um, we, I guess, we got to learn a lot working with the business coach because I didn't know, you know, when we started working with him, he said, "What's your target market?" And we're like everyone needs to float yeah we market to everyone floating so awesome and then he sort of gave us reality check pretty quick said you know everyone can use a float tank but who do you want to be who's your optimal customer amy uh we
0: have like like uh lance our biggest concern is always getting better and better at getting more precise information so that we can serve the people who come to us so we can serve them well um that's always a goal Uh, But it has changed the way that we, um, that we put information on the site, um, (coughs) the way, as far as how how frequently or infrequently, uh, the way that we've uh, worded things on our newsletter or what we've put as priorities in our newsletter Ah. uh, and, uh, and social media. We always are looking to see what are they responding to the most. What can we give them that they're going to appreciate or enjoy or be able to utilize um, what's of interest to them? So it has changed the way that we approach those social media as well and what we put effort into and what we don't put effort into. Right, right. We, like uh, you mentioned with Twitter, we didn't get much response from Twitter. We could mm-hmm. be using it really badly, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 under, I understand. I take <laughs> the responsibility that part of our issue with Twitter may be Um, the way that we utilize it, but because we didn't get a response, yes, um, we were putting a lot of effort in, but we weren't getting as much response. We have cut way back on our, on our Twitter.
1: Us too. um, That's funny. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's really funny. We see way more engagement through Facebook than we do through Twitter. But I also feel like people consume the two very differently as well. Like like I was saying, being in the grocery line, that's when I would check my Twitter. You know, it's in those, those brief moments. And so it's a real hit or miss if somebody's going to see it. It's, it's a one-off thing. You might respond to it. You might not. Facebook, I feel like people sit down and they're going to scroll through and they're going to, almost like a like a Reddit, some kind of blog or something, they're going to post something back, they're going to share, be more active with it. Uh, tw- Twitter is like more, I have a thought, I send it out, I have a thought, I send it out. Here's a feeling, I send it out. Uh, Facebook is more, here's a, com- a video to consume, here's a blog link to consume, here's a, a long thought to consume, as opposed to the 140 character Twitter, which is more difficult for me to process to get out there and there are awesome software like like hootsuite where you can uh, write one thing and send it out to google plus to facebook to twitter to instagram Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're breaking it down the proper way for the consumption of those different items so that's funny that you mentioned that because i also find difficulty with that Lance, do you use Twitter for the flow check? I know that you do. How do, how well do,
2: do you work? I'm not I'm not very good at Twitter. Twitter is not my forte. I feel like you have to be very, very frequent on Twitter right. to make a, like right. a hard impact because, you know, people are following thousands right. of people sometimes. So, um, th- their your tweet may only come up on their feed for, you know, a few minutes mm. and then it's gone exactly. in the abyss. Um, Facebook is really good for. Um, getting conversation going and a lot of people ask questions and then we'll have people that float with us answering those questions for us. So I really like to see that happen when our floaters are basically doing our job and, and, you know, controlling some of the questions going on. But my all time favorite is the Instagram. Um, I hit a lot of my local market with Instagram. Everyone's so friendly, um, very open to conversation and there's, there's no I don't find any drama in it. Like I find it's really to the point. Just a picture, right. some folders or hashtags and cool. go from there. But yeah, that that is my favorite form of, of media. And the Instagram people I think are the people I come in, I see come in the most and be like, Hey, I saw you on Instagram. It's you know, it's so awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. And the Facebook people are just like, Yeah, I saw saw you on Facebook or saw an ad on uh, Facebook. But okay. the Instagram people are a lot more like Enthusiastic about. So
1: when you're sharing Instagram pictures, is it you and your sweaters every day, or what? What are you? <laughs> what do you actually? What's your content feed?
2: Yeah, I have my own <laughs> feed for
1: my sweaters. <laughs> so. Hashtag Lance's um, I like sweaters. to do sort yeah.
2: of. Uh, I like to sort of do like a behind the scenes aspect of it. So, um, you know, Facebook is really presented to the the customer, but Instagram, I like to for them, sort of my my followers to feel like they get to see behind the action of what's going on or you know get a a bit more information from a different view of the center
1: so um, can can you give a, a an example with and we'll we'll post a link to your Instagram so anybody can check it out but what what's your behind the scenes uh, yeah love? like um cuz i assume it's not changing like filters if i were to you know like so oh, you actually, do? no, I do okay. have
2: pictures of, of, yeah, I do, you know, that's a great way for education. Ah. I'll be like, hey guys, it's Maintenance Monday, here's a picture of our UV light and pump pack, and we change filters, and we scrub the tanks, and, you know, I use as a, a means for behind the scenes, but education, like, to show you that there's a lot more going on than just... People coming and going. We have to clean. We have to do showers. We have to stock this. We have to, you know, interact with our nice. customers. We have a front lobby, and this is why we have this book here. This is why we have these books here. This is why we have tea. So, um, I guess you can do that all on Facebook. But I honestly like the, the, the interaction yeah. through pictures or through. You know, that's really... I love it
1: when I, I get goosebumps fine, and I feel you know. inspired during this show. That's great. I, I love what oh, you're sharing. I was
2: going to give you a hard time because I, I see your Instagram up there, but I don't. you're not very active top? on it, and it's such a...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, not at all. Not at all. It's terrible. It,
2: yeah, I don't know. I you think know, it's, one thing... I, I like it, too, because I can take my picture on Instagram and then double that to Facebook. So you just link it and it shares right to Facebook and they connect very well because they're owned by the same company. But I keep some stuff select to Instagram and some stuff select to Facebook, but some will be shared between the three medias. So it's like a big juggling. Yeah, it
1: is. And you know, when you're trying to run a business, that's an interesting thing to to be juggling um, as well. Like It's just so many things that we juggle. Um, I mentioned Hootsuite, the idea of, you know, posting one thing and it going to all the different things, but, but you're talking about, well, Instagram is good for this. Twitter's good for that. Facebook's good Mm -hmm. for that. That, that breaks it down even, even further. One thing I like, sorry. That goes,
2: I was going to say that goes back to psychographics. Right. The people that are using Instagram are are processing their social media a lot differently than someone who wants every update from the Oscars on Twitter. You know, those are two very different things. So, um, I see a lot of people use those. They have their app, they make the one post, and then it's coming out on all three of their mm-hmm. medias. Well, why am I going to follow you mm-hmm. on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if it's the exact same mm-hmm. post? Variety, keep those three different medias different. And you know that that inspires me to follow you in three different places. But that being said, i'm I'm okay with social media. Some people it's it's scary for mm-hmm. them. they want nothing to do with it. Go ahead and use a generator that will send it all out. But, well,
1: one thing, actually, I, um, I think
2: there's there's two, an art. Two things. To
1: it. One is I find it difficult to a remember. And be be inspired. Those are two difficult things. Like if I'm blogging, I can write several pieces when I'm inspired and then ration that out over time. When it comes to something like Twitter, I feel like that doesn't work as well. Like you want it to be live in the moment, sending these things out. But the other thing is that Twitter, I can have multiple logins. I can have my personal account, which nobody should like because it's mostly just tweeting about video games and stupid things that nobody cares about. And then I have... Um, then I have the float shop, which is going to be obviously directed towards the float shop clientele. And then I have the Art of Floating uh, tweet, which I, I really enjoy tweeting on. But even then, I'll, I'll forget. But the, the, what I'm getting at is that Twitter lets you jump between those different things. Instagram has one login, and that bugs the heck out of me because um, I, yeah, I can't jump that. between those and, and target people. So that's been a roadblock
0: supposedly that's getting ready to change i just read an oh. article on that this uh this uh, weekend uh so that might that that is an issue not just for you but for a lot of people and they are looks like they're getting ready to do some stuff about that so hopefully well that will become easier because personally i have found w- we're trying to get a more of a we're trying to find our our platform on instagram we're trying to find our our way on instagram because we're seeing so much more interaction on it now and a lot of people who've been into float post their pictures and it's so nice to have this influx of original material for us you know it's original content right when somebody yep. posts and uh, it has been a really positive way to interact with our people and we're seeing a big uh, boost in that so cool. uh, i'm Really, really enjoying Instagram, and I I would love to give up Twitter completely and just focus on Instagram and Facebook.
1: Well, I don't Um, think you're alone in that, judging by how Twitter's doing these (laughs) days. I I don't think you're alone. Mm. Um, But uh, fascinating, I love it. Um, Do you guys have any other specifics on on reaching out to your demographic? Um, Something that came to mind to me was that we uh, go to the Mind, Body, Spirit Expo, or we have in the past, and that's a very specific audience of middle-aged women uh, who tend to fill up the mind, body, spirit expo, and that would be a, a particular demographic for us. Do you guys have any any specifics where you reach out besides social media to a particular demographic?
0: We're getting ready to do a little bit more of that in this coming year. We're gonna we're gonna branch out. We we did the artist uh, project over the last two years, uh, but this year, as we've really done some very targeted networking with our community really Mark and I have made a point to get out there and and talk to other people in our uh, in our community we are getting ready to do some different projects this year and work with uh, you know join up with some other community businesses Uh, and I'm hoping that we can hit uh, some very specific demographics with that so I'm kind of excited I'm not sure how that's going to play out yet we're still in the in the stage of um, working out uh, some of those things with with some uh, sponsors, local sponsors, not local sponsors, local businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. But we are, this is probably the first time that we've, that I feel really good about reaching out with individual projects because um, Expos have never done well for us.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, although oh, we've tried. Oh, that's right. We had, we've covered that before. Yeah. 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 Some people do well seem to have, for us. <laughs> yeah. I know. And so, and <laughs> some people
0: does seem to do really well. Once again, it goes back to demographing and how people yep. function and how people, people do. So yep. I, I, I encourage people to give it a try, you know. Uh, spend that money and and give it and find out for yourself because my experience does not mean it will be your experience right. as well. Right. Uh, so, so we are focusing on some projects that will be targeted towards some specific demographics this year.
1: Cool. righty. Well, I don't think that we have enough time to jump into Massage and Floats. I, I, gosh, we just we, <laughs> <laughs> we digress so much, and I, I feel hours. like every time we digressed, it was something really interesting. So um, we'll be sure to cover that at the top of the show. Lance, what were you going to say?
2: I just want to say, before you get too excited there, <laughs> um, I want to talk about how we reach out oh, yeah, some please, of our demographics. I'm sorry. And um, no, no, no worries at all. Um, we have like sort of strategically partnered with some different centers or, like, businesses in Red Deer, so some yoga centers, some, some gyms, and just places like that, and um, that helps bring in some of our target market, and also, it came up at the top of the show, but an ambassador program, um, we have a couple ambassadors, um, MMA fighters, okay. and when they're floating, and they're coming in, they're tagging us on Instagram, mm-hmm. they're tagging us on Facebook, and that's getting out in that community, and we're seeing an influx of sure. MMA fighters, so we have a little... Fight League here called havoc Fight League. And after we got a couple ambassadors on the on the go, um, we have almost the whole the whole league's coming in to float. and it's pretty cool to see that because you know they won't even say that they're a fighter or anything. and then, uh, we'll facilitate uh-huh. their float, and then I'll see on Instagram <laughs> that I got, you know, a fighter that's nice. floating, and it's it's really cool to see that, and it's really cool to see the effects of the ambassador yeah. programs and the um, partnerships or referral programs set up throughout the businesses, so, and that's, yeah, that's just selecting businesses that we think our, our demographic or psychograph's going to be working with or pers- participating in and, you know, just working nice. together. That keep, keeps a cool local feel, too. Right. Right. Sorry. That's how we reach out to some of our demographics. You know,
0: while we're on this topic, and I swear, Dylan, this will only take a second.
2: No.
3: no, I think in the
0: future it would be really, really fun to talk about uh, ambassador programs and hopefully get some community views on how they've set up their programs. Because there's been a lot of talk about that lately, and people are curious what other people are doing. It would be kind of fun to see how everyone sets up their ambassador Mm -hmm. programs.
1: Cool. I love it.
2: Yeah, I got some. We worked on that. That was one of our projects, working with Business Coach. I think it was project number three, is to get our ambassador program sort of finalized. Which it's about ninety-five percent there, but it's uh, yeah, we learned a lot doing that. Okay. So there's a bunch of different ways to do it. too.
1: Well, if anybody wants to leave a speak pipe mm-hmm. on that, that'd be awesome. We could just collect those for the show, and then we'll let everybody provide all the insight on, on the ambassador programs. I, I think that's an incredibly valuable one, and it's also one where you don't have to spend a ton of money to get return on it. It it's just it works on social media, works on m- many levels, so that'll be a good one. Um, but I do want to say that we will get to massage and floats next week. Um, we'll be sure to get that near the top <laughs> of the show um sorry that we went long um, actually i guess I'm, I'm not sorry i thought it was really good good stuff that we covered but we we definitely will get to that um is there anything else that you guys wanted to add it seems like you threw in your last two cents there but is there anything else not not so much all right
0: no i think i think i'm good otherwise i'm gonna get started on something
3: else i, <laughs> I know i feel like that's ahead. how this episode is
1: going <laughs> Um, well, I want to thank everybody for listening as always. always it's always a pleasure. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook at The Art of Floating. You can find us on Twitter at Artful Floating. Uh, hopefully, then uh, we'll set up an Instagram as well so we can show you some pictures of what's going on behind the scenes because apparently yeah. Lance finds that to be valuable. So does Amy. So yeah, uh, you can join the conversation by <laughs> yes. leaving a speak pipe on TheArtOfFloating.com. You can find show notes there, links to anything that we're talking about, find pictures of Lance's weekly sweater and um,
2: it's, ridiculous. it's not ridiculous
1: at all, Lance. It's very serious. So I appreciate just, if you just
2: a cold Canadian man. I'm just a cold Canadian. So, um,
1: as always, thank you for joining us. And until next week, we'll see you next week.
0: You're listening to The Art of
3: Floating Podcast.